Hey everybody, this is John Finn, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. If you've watched any of these, you know that for the first minute or so, I talk about our house church network, but I have four things to share from my personal life today that I'm going to dispense with the usual and just get right into it. And these are lessons that I learned about how to apply the word in my life, how to bring thoughts captive, how to not be in doubt of my salvation. Four main areas having to do with salvation, the Holy Spirit, uh, healing, and and finances and faith in these things. So let me get right into it. The example is Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 21, where Abraham received a promise that he was going to be the father of many nations. Now, first off, it's important to receive a promise, a revelation. Faith, you have to understand, faith is not by just closing your eyes and, and choosing a verse to stand on. Faith comes by revelation. When Peter exclaimed in Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 and 17, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, you're blessed because my father did not show, or my father showed this to you, not flesh and blood, not by your own learning, not by hearing it from somebody else. You're blessed because my father has revealed this to you. So notice what happens. This is the way faith develops. You receive a revelation from God, a revelation that Jesus is the Lord, and then you believe and you confess with your mouth. You are saved by grace. The grace is the revelation. And this is important to understand right off the bat before I get any further, is that that faith happens by revelation. Abraham didn't just decide to become the father of many nations. He received a word about it. Noah didn't just decide to build a boat. He received a word about it, a revelation about it. Moses did not just decide to deliver Israel. He received a revelation at the burning bush instructing him to do so. And on and on it goes. Joshua conquered Jericho, not by his own devices, but because he received a revelation. In Joshua 6, the Lord told him exactly how to take the city. Faith is always a revel is is our response to a revelation. Grace is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, shown to us by the Father. So faith is our response to the revelation. That's what you did. You had a revelation. You had something you had to deal with inside. What do I do about Jesus? That revelation, as the Father was drawing you, led you to believe and confess with your mouth and start living it out. And so, uh, and so you 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 start living it out based on revelation. So that has to be an understanding. So Romans chapter four, uh, where Abraham, it says, received the promise that he would be the father of many nations. And it says he did not stagger when he considered the deadness of his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was strong in faith, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. The key is this. It says that Abraham considered his body and he didn't consider it to be a detriment. He didn't consider it to be a stumbling block uh, against God's promises. And this is the important thing. Uh, another important lesson here as I'm continuing is that faith does not ignore the circumstances. Faith does not call something that is as though it is not. Many people have died early because they received a horrible diagnosis and they decide, oh, I'm just going to take it by faith. I'm just going to stand on scripture. No, no, no. Abraham received a promise first. The proper order of events is if you receive a horrible diagnosis, if you receive bad news, if there's pressure against you for finances, you get with the Father, get with the Lord to let him give you a word. Let him give you a revelation. Let him give you at least peace. 
that he's got the situation taken care of. That's what you stand on. You don't pick, you just don't go to the, the word on the page and say, okay, I'm going to stand on this. The written word flows from the person who is the word. So rather than going to the print on your own, of your own initiative, go to the person who is the word and let him give you a chapter and verse to stand on. You understand the difference? One is earth initiated saying, I'm just going to do this. And the other is saying, Lord, I'm at your disposal here. Can you give me a word for my situation? You go to him, you spend time, you pay the price to spend time with him, to learn what it is, to, to commune with God. Let him give you a peace. Let him give you a chapter and verse. Let him give you a word on the situation. That's what you stand on. So Abraham received a word and he considered the him, his body. He considered uh, Sarah's age and that they'd never had children, but he didn't consider it to be uh, detrimental to his faith. He said, no, no, God has promised, so he's faithful to, to perform that. And so, and so faith does not ignore the circumstances. It deals with it. But it also says, I've got a higher word. I've got a higher revelation. And that is what the Lord has spoken to me. That is what the Father has shown me. The, how the Father showed me this verse to stand on. This is for me in my situation. Then you can consider the circumstances to be of, of no consequence because you have a higher revelation, a higher word about how your situation will turn out. So for me, how does it, what does this look like in a, in a practical term? For me, born again at age 16, didn't feel much different, but I already saw uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16 that says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all who believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. So that says if you believe, you'll have eternal life. Then I saw Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. And it says, if you believe in your heart that God the Father has raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth him as Lord, you will be saved. And that Romans 10, 9 has to do with the deity of Jesus, that you believe that he is God in the flesh and the Father God raised him from the dead, his son raised from the dead. And you confess that with your mouth and you will be born. You've got that born again event that happens in your spirit where your, your spirit man is recreated by the spirit of God. That doesn't matter on if you feel like it or not. And so as a, as a young kid, as a 16 year old, and, and I remember standing in my bedroom and saying, Lord, if you have the last word on my life, then it only makes sense to serve you now. And I gave my, my whole life, my heart to the Lord based on that kind of logic that my friend Janie had told me while we were sitting in German class in 10th grade high school. And it was completely logical to me to serve the Lord. And it was on that basis. Did I feel like anything happened right then? No, no, no. But you know what I did? When doubts started coming, am I really saved? Did the Lord really do that? I go back to, no, no, no. I've got a revelation. I know who Jesus is. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth. This is what scripture says. You put down the feelings of fear. Does the Lord still love me? Oh no, I did some horrible things. I walked away from him. Does he still want me? You put those down. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 5 and 6, he said, you cast down imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God has to do with who you know in your heart and that you know in scripture and that you know also on a practical basis on how he has faithfully brought you along in life to this point. So when the, the fear and the worry and the condemnation, the doubt flood your mind, Paul says you cast them down, you pull them down, you throw them down 
because you have a higher knowledge. You've seen the Lord at work in your life. You have a, still a heart for, for the Lord. So obviously you're concerned about your salvation and you have his word that says that if you believe, then you are saved and you make those fears and you make those thoughts submit themselves to the captivity of Christ. You cast down the imaginations, you bring every thought captive to Christ. And that's how you become assured of your salvation. That happened with me. I had to do that. That is, as I said last week, that type of thing is Bible 101. It's Christianity 101. If you've never learned that, then then you I don't know how you grow on it, go on in the Lord. You cannot live your life by emotional reasoning. You cannot live your life by what you feel like. Your faith is not based on your feelings. Your faith is based on scripture and how you have seen the Holy Spirit at work in your life to this point. Faith, is, the word and the spirit are in agreement. And you can't, you can't base your spiritual life on what you feel like. So you rise up, you grow a backbone, you grow a strong will, and you say, no, I know that I am saved. I don't care what I feel like. I don't care about the condemnation. It says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin. It says, if I believe on the Lord Jesus, then I am saved. Therefore, I am no matter what I feel like. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I am saved. And those feelings will go away. Okay, that's salvation. Baptism with the Holy Spirit. In my own life, as that 16-year-old, I was thankful for being born again, but I thought there was something more. I, I remember distinctly telling the Father, uh, saying, Father, I'd, I'm sorry, I don't want to you know, be, be ungrateful or, or seem ungrateful, but is this all there is? I thought there would be more power. I thought there would be more things like the book of Acts. I thought there was, was more to it than, than just being born again. And a couple days later, a few days later, both my friend Janie, who led me to the Lord, and then my mother, who was first in the Lord in our family, talked to me about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I read, I, to my own hurt, I read everybody's opinion about I read books from spirit-filled people and non-spirit-filled people. I, I read books on, on how you can tell you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I saw in Scripture, I saw in Acts 2-4, they were filled with the Spirit. They spoke with tongues, the initial evidence. Acts 10, 44 through 46, they spoke with tongues. That was the evidence. They, they said, can anybody forbid that these people be water baptized since they received the Holy Spirit the same as we did? They heard them talking in tongues, Acts 10, 44 through 46. In Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, Paul comes upon about a dozen men in Ephesus that he thinks are believers. He says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And so I could see right there, here, this is 25 years or so after Pentecost. And Peter and, and Paul is saying, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So even 25 years after Pentecost, they were seeing a gap between people being born again and receiving the Holy Spirit. And I could see in Scripture that, that you receive the Holy Spirit to the renewing of your spirit, to the recreation of your spirit. But there's clearly the second meeting with the Holy Spirit called the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And so, um, and so they... <laughs> I saw two ways in scripture for people to receive. One was like on the day of Pentecost and in Cornelius' house in Acts 10.44, where the Holy Spirit just comes on somebody. That's how my girlfriend and future wife, Barb, received. But most of it was through the laying on of hands. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, Peter and John went to Samaria to lay hands on people that they would receive the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 19, where I mentioned Paul, he laid hands on the dozen or so men after they believed uh, and the Holy Spirit came on them. So I saw this through the laying on of hands. 
So when my friend Janie and her boyfriend Vic, her future husband, and my girlfriend Barb and my future wife, the four of us sat down and they laid hands on me to receive, you know what I did? When I came away from that, when I was in that, I said, I don't care what I, what I feel, if I feel like it or not. Scripture says you lay hands on them for the baptism with the Holy Spirit and they will receive. They, it's clearly in the book of Acts. That's what happened. So I believed even contrary to what I felt. And when I took that step, according to your faith, be it unto you, when I believed the word, then I learned how to re, how, how, um, the more completeness of it, as far as teaching and being open to that, and the balance started coming through all the voices, the balance of what God was saying came through, and I received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So I had to put down the feelings of, I don't care what what it says. I don't think, you know, the, the arguments come up, oh, that's for other people. I have other gifts. Or no, that's not for for me. I have other things. Or, or I guess I just didn't get it. God just didn't do it. No, no, no. I said, no, this is what scripture presents. You lay hands on them and they will receive because I can see it in the book of Acts. And I pursued that until I received because that was where my faith is. I had the revelation from scripture. I knew in my heart and I acted upon it and I refused to believe my feelings. I believed God's word instead. And I received as it pertains to healing. I'm a 19 year old, uh, 18 year old, fall off my, my brother's skateboard and I break the three metatarsal bones in my left foot. I'm not going to hold my foot up here for you, but the metatarsal are the bones that run across the, the top of the foot, uh, you know, here corresponding to my hand here. So these three bones, you know, going to these three fingers, uh, equivalent on my foot, the three outer toes, the little toe and the third one, and then, and then the middle toe on my left foot put back together in surgery that night. But, and I was there in a cast, my toes were purple, Charles and Francis Hunter and their healing ministry was in town. I told my mother, I, I said, I'm praying about it. And I said, I just believe I'm going to be healed at that, at that service. Well, the service came and went, I'm on crutches. I'm a day, one day out of the hospital, a couple days after, third day after surgery. And, and they have a prayer line, you know, after the service for all who didn't get healed in the service. One of their band members prayed for me, and I was so disappointed because it wasn't Charles or Francis Hunter. And I came away from there hobbling on my crutches, and then I stopped myself. I said, hold it. I said, I know that by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. I believe, like Acts 3.16 says, the man, the lame man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. I believe in the name of Jesus. That band member used the name of Jesus. Therefore, I'm healed in spite of what it looks like. Now, the meeting was held in the back of a—it was in a Methodist church, large Methodist church— Hey, these are the crazy charismatic days when the denominations were receiving the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so I walked back and forth with my crutches and my foot. I went back and forth four times and I just got caught up in worshiping the father. I just worshiped and thanked him. And it started out as worshiping, worshiping and thanking him for, for the healing because I had the revelation I was healed, but nothing had happened, but I was just thanking him anyway. I was just worshiping anyway. And I started the fifth time across the back of that church. And, and I had realized I had gotten so caught up in healing or in worship, I'd forgotten about healing. I got caught, caught up in just the worship of the Father God so much as I was walking uh, that, that I just, I just, I forgot all about that I needed healing. But about the halfway through the fifth time across the back of that church, I suddenly noticed there was a heat. First, it was a pinprick over the, the sore where, where my bones had broken. And then it expanded into a ball of fire. I looked down and I could see it in the spirit. My eyes were open. I could see both realms. And it was a ball of fire about this big around right over my foot. And it stayed there for about two or three seconds. And then it shrunk back down and disappeared. My toes were no longer blue. 
Uh, an orthopedic surgeon checked it out the next day. He said, it's impossible. It seems like you're healed. He didn't really want to pronounce that. I went home, cut off the cast, went back to work the next day. Been fine ever since. I got healed because I stood on the word. Same thing with finances. Real quickly, I'm over my normal time. Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has been provided through the knowledge of him who called us to glory and virtue. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. That means that anything you need, godliness means to grow in him. Any strength you need, any power you need, any, any righteousness you need to resist temptation and to grow in Christ and make right decisions, godliness has been provided. And also everything that pertains to life. That means all your physical needs. It lines up with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, where he said, look at the flowers, look at the birds. Your father clothes the flowers and, and feeds the birds. He will take care of you all the more. You have to believe that. So when you come up with a bill and you don't, you're at the end of your resources, you have a revelation. You get with the Father. You look at Philippians 4.19 that says, my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory. So through Christ Jesus. So you, you get that revelation. You spend time with the Lord. You get that peace. You get that assurance. You get that word from him about that. You have that revelation. And then at that point, that becomes stronger than the circumstances. And so you start saying, Father, thank you for your provision. Reveal your provision. I started doing this years ago when I came up against something that was a surprise to me. And I just said, Father, reveal your provision. Reveal your provision. Father, thank you for this because 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says, everything that pertains to life has already been provided. So reveal your provision. Guide my steps. Again, I would have to deal with it. I'd have to call the power company and say, please don't cut off my power. Let's make an arrangement. And I would make whatever arrangement I had. And I said, thank you, Father. That was the arrangement that was made. Therefore, you have already provided the need that I need X amount of money on X date or they will this time cut off my power. And you deal with the circumstances that way. Get a word, deal with the circumstances, and then give thanks that he is uh, able to perform the promise. So anyway, I've gone over about three or four minutes than I normally do. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Number one, Abraham received the promise. Number two, he considered the circumstances, but didn't consider them to be a detriment to God or, 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 or able to stand against God who had promised. So receive the promise, consider the circumstances, deal with the circumstances, but, but your faith is in the promise that you receive. And then you deal with the circumstances and you look for his provision. You get in praise and worship and you put down imaginations. All right. God bless. Hope this has been a blessing.